Welcome to Unpeeled, where we peel back the layers to get to the core of the story. This is Shannon Peel, and thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, it's Shannon. Thank you so much for joining me on Unpeeled. Today's episode, I sit down with Stefan Waite and talk to him about his recent experience at the bottom of a slurry pit and how that led him to rethink the path he was on and make a change. The special thing about my conversations with Stefan are things changed for him soon after this conversation, and then they changed again. And we sat down for a second time and talked about the life changes that he's been experiencing. So please tune in to future episodes to learn about transition and how to keep a really great mindset when life is hitting hard and you just are not sure which way you should be going. Where were you a year or a few years ago? A few years ago, I guess. Um, two and a half years ago, I was at the point where I'm completing the factory out in Abbotsford. Uh, it was a relatively, I think, in, in the grand scheme of things, a fairly large facility, sixteen thousand square feet on one point three acres. It was for me at least a big achievement, mm-hmm. and. Almost from the day we moved in is when things started going wrong. It was almost like the universe was kind of coming out and laughing at me. I know that feeling. Right? And where certain things happened that were outside of my control. Like, I like to calculate my risks. I like to plan. I like to feel like I'm going in things with eyes wide open. And this thing, every day, seemed to catch me more and more off guard into a way of things like, wow, I didn't realize that this could go wrong. And they were small things, right? Like, well, well, there were small things and they were large things. So I'll give you one example that really got under my skin was, um, like, in the process of cutting limestone, you, you have saws and you have to put in diamond blades and you have to spray water at the, at the blades to cool the, the cutting medium so you don't wear through these expensive diamond um, bits or, or ends on the saw. What... The byproduct of that is the, the, the saw blade's a quarter of an inch thick, cutting through limestone, you're creating a lot of what you call slurry. Mm-hmm. So a lot of mud, basically. And you need to manage that. You can't just put that into the sewer system. You need to, essentially, you need to filter that out and, and recycle the water, and you have to get rid of it into, into a landfill or some other way of disposing of it. So I had, in the process of building the plant, I had contracted to a company in Minnesota, um, uh, to deliver the water filtration system, and I had done a lot of research on water filtration systems, um, but I had not actually owned one before. Be- previous to that, we had just dumped things actually into like ponds and like, like basically silt. Tail- yeah, something like a tailing pond, but with silt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not tailing. There wasn't any yeah, chemicals. Yeah. No, no, in no it. chemicals in it, but yeah. the same way. Most people understand what a tailing pond is. Yeah. Yours is yeah, just it's, a pond it's full very of- similar to mining, where you're yeah. basically throwing. Whatever waste is coming off of the, the spoils out of the ground is going into a pond, and eventually you're going to dewater it and do something with the solids. Right. That's what and, we did before. And, and your product is actually just, it's just dirt. It's just dirt. 
It's just, it's natural. It just comes out of the ground. Yeah. Natural limestone. It's 30 million years old. And you're just basically smashing it into fine dust. And, and it's actually a good product. Yeah. And for I, certain things. Yeah. And actually, limestone is put into farmer's fields. And it's, it's actually, with the, with the acid rain mm-hmm. and with the fact that our, our soils are more acidic, most farmers like to put pulverized limestone into the, into the fields, into the soil. So and, and it's also <coughs> used to create uh, cement as well. Mm-hmm. That's how cement is made. Yeah. So there's a lot of value in limestone. However, it's valuable at the point, at the source of input not at the source of output, which is always at the source of output. Oh, okay. So then, then it's the handling of the limestone, trucking, you know, machines and everything, and quickly the thing can be devalued. Was we had to uh, collect, pump, de-filter the medium out, the limestone out, or basically you put it into a um, silo, and you're, you, you add some certain flocculants and coagulants to it to cause the solids to cascade out of the water so then you can reuse the water for cutting but you got to handle the solids problem is it's like in mining you need what's called a slurry pump and my specifications in buying this equipment was that they had to put two slurry pumps into this huge pit that we built and and then it macerates and pumps it out well unbeknown to me and unbeknown probably to maybe even the owner of that company he ordered sump pumps and not slurry pumps. And we shredded these pumps. And you're talking about a large operation. The minute the water goes down, everything stops. Right. So you've got people there that are you're paying by the hour. You've got uh, clients that you're waiting for orders. Having built a new factory, you don't want any downtime, so you're take, accepting orders. And so by the time you open the factory, you're actually behind in your deliverables. So there's that, that pressure going. There's two shifts. And then... It's, it's, a, it's a huge wheel you can't stop the motion of. Right. Right? Or it's painful to stop the motion. You can certainly always turn the switch off, but it costs a lot of money. Yeah. And so the pumps would clog and into the pits, like those pumps are 10 feet down and, and below ground. You got to go in there and you got to first dig out the slurry and pump that out through some other means, contain that. Then you have to deal with the pumps. Then you have to either fix them, rewire them, whatever's gone wrong with them. In some, certain cases, it was a short. In other cases, it was the impellers sheared off. <coughs> All kinds of things. But stress the living daylights out of me. Yeah. So, but I can't send my employees down to the pits because there's health and safety issues in there. But guess who's sitting at the, on the president's chair who has to go down to, into the pit to yeah. resolve the situation? Because I can resolve it the fastest, right? And, um, and also we had been, we had spent a lot of money building the plant. I wasn't going to go and order some sort of vacuum service. that's going to come the next day. We're going to pay $1,500 for it to pump it out and then address the pumps. No, like when the problem is there, we want to address it right then and there. And you're willing to get dirty. Yeah. Put on, put on rubber boots, put on, uh, rubber overalls and get in there and, and dig things out and in, in basically a shit pit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do what needs to be done. Yeah. So then in your late 40s, you're in the shit pit wondering what the hell, how did you ever be in this hole yeah. in the ground, really, which is the simulation of hell, I guess you could call it. Yeah. And, um, and these things happen. These things happen in business. They happen in life. We're let down by other people a lot. That's right. You can react to that and go, woe is me. 
this is terrible, this has happened to me, this is so unfair, I am miserable, this should never have happened to me, I'm worth, I'm worthy of more. Mm -hmm. Or you can say to yourself, where was I asleep? What was I meant to, what am I meant to learn out of this? Knowing that I was asleep and accepting that also makes you realize that you have to create the solution and it's going to be hard work to get to figure out the solution. It is going to be hard work. You're sitting in this mud pit, this slurry mud pit, and you're thinking, everything should be going great. I ordered slurry pumps, and now I'm sitting in this mud pit. I can't do the work that I need to do. My expensive manufacturing business is on hold. They're all just standing there. And you're standing in that, and they're sitting in that, standing in that mud pit going, what the hell? Where, I mean, how do you find the, the will to go on? I mean, I realize that for that, it's just fix the pump and keep going, but... Well, no, no, it's, 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 it's a good point because... I'm talking picture. Yeah, it's a good point because solving that situation takes hours and can creep into the evening. You know, you start to question... How many more times? So the will is generated in the taking ownership, really. Okay. You know, I took ownership to set up this company. Mm -hmm. I took ownership to be the CEO. I took ownership to, to hire people and be responsible for them. And also ownership that I promised customers for certain things. So I'm not a quitter. And I also know that I have a brain. Mm -hmm. And that brain will always figure out a solution. It may not come to me right there in the moment. I need to give it time to gestate. But I find solace in knowing that I will, the solution will come to me. So I don't fight, I don't resist. So non-resistance, I guess, is, is probably, yeah. And being willing to do the work, right? Yeah. Being, being willing being to... Be willing to get in that, in that pit. Does speak to your ability to succeed, because you're not alone. Absolutely. If you're going to the CEO of a company working your butt off to build this amazing manufacturing company on Abbotsford yep. how important is it that you have that amazing supportive spouse at home it's at, I mean I guess you could go through life single and not have a spouse and not have children and if that's something that you don't need fulfillment in or if that doesn't provide any meaning to you and probably you could by getting takeout food and and having services that could do your laundry for you, I, I suppose that you could probably get around that. But if you decide to go and get married and pursue a relationship and have kids and have a family, um, not having a supportive wife or not having somebody at home who's looking after these issues like grocery shopping, preparing meals, washing, doing the laundry, cleaning the house, you, you cannot be, you cannot take on what it takes to be a CEO without having that support mechanism. It does not exist. And you need to, and you need to acknowledge your wife all the time of what they bring to the overall package of being a CEO. And that's the important piece. Absolutely. But it's not just that, because if you think about your life, okay, like when you were having problems at work, did you leave problems at work? Or was she part of, That's I'm a having a problem at work and I need a sounding board? Yeah, absolutely. Did mm -hmm. she become a trusted advisor? Uh, yeah, absolutely. 
I also recognize that she has a different way of seeing life and that I value that. She comes, she has a different perception of how she views things. It's very important. But it's also, there's nobody that is as trusted as your wife when you're doing a business, especially if you own the business. Mm -hmm. You need A, that trust. And that's talking, I'm talking here about managing bank accounts, wire transfers, writing checks, as well as seeking out a holistic approach to large challenges. Mm -hmm. So uh, partners or relationships come and appear into our lives for us to heal a lot of unresolved issues, right? Like we, we are pre-programmed by the age of seven how we're going to start to navigate through our lives. And that's the program we got through the modeling through our parents and the life experiences we had at seven and, and before we were even born. And those, that's dictating our reactions. Our spouses and our partners come into our lives because, they're, because they push our buttons. They, <laughs> they, they bring these un, unresolved issues up for you to take a look at it. Yeah. They're a mirror. And that's also like... Is you, that a distraction or a help? Well, I look at it as a help. Okay. But trust me, I, I spent years, I'm not going to say therapy, but I'm going to say years in um, understanding human psychology and learning and being coached by others about human psychology to be able to term that as a help as opposed to a... Hindrance? Hindrance, yeah, or, or an obstruction. Okay. Now... Those days when you are, you know, in, when you come home, you've been in that mud pit all flipping day, and you're thinking, what the hell am I doing? I want to quit. This isn't worth it. And you come home. I guess, first of all, there's the drive home. Mm -hmm. So you can, there's some unwinding time. I find it also very helpful to... Uh, it's a good thing. I don't listen to music when I drive. I listen to podcasts and I listen to uh, information. And often there's nuggets of information in podcasts or the people, the podcasts that people I choose to listen to uh, give me things to think about. I also, I, look, I always plug into what I've learned to de-stress or um, break down the situation into more bite-sized chunks. And I've also... You know, taking um, a goal of myself to be non-reactive. So when I am reacting, first off, first thing is I actually be, develop an awareness that I'm rea reacting. And that's the commitment I made to myself that I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. does, does that mean I don't react? No, I certainly do react. But the split second before a word comes out of my mouth, I can sometimes catch it. Depending how emotionally charged I am, sometimes I can't. Right? But the... Drive home gives you a time to debrief within yourself. So then when you arrive home, you're not going to have as much emotion to or a feel. You're not, your feelings aren't going to be as charged up as when before you walk through the door. So then you can lay out the situation and you can maybe already lay out what you're learning from it. Mm -hmm. And then you can ask for some input and guidance or a different perspective. When, you, when you're having those emotional times and you're like, is there saying, hey, look, you've got this. How, how valuable is that? Take a step back. Mm -hmm. right? Nothing is unsurmountable in this world. And that includes losing everything. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, because another thing I've adopted is you have to be willing to live under the bridge. 
doesn't mean you do it. You, know, you just have to have the willingness. That's my next step. <laughs> I've already uh, picked out my corner <laughs> on East Hastings. I got booked, the. I've, I've, booked, I've booked my spot. I've I've booked the uh, cardboard box. Have you got a shopping cart parking uh, spot? I haven't got the shopping cart yet. I haven't got the shopping cart yet, but you need a parking spot though for it. Oh, well, I need a parking spot for it. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Uh, but I do have the sleeping bag. <laughs> because there's no other option. When you're at the point when there is no other option yeah, you but do to it. succeed, you have to do it. Right. But you have to be willing... To do whatever it takes. Right. And you have to be willing to step into the feeling of living under the bridge. Mm-hmm. Because then you know... Because you can exist under the bridge. And then you know that you eliminate the fear. It's taking away the fear of living under the bridge. Yeah. Because then that fear is not clouding your judgment. It's not clouding your actions. My personal brand, Byline, is I had to lose everything that I was scared to lose to find my way. Yeah. I can see that. Because everything I was scared to lose was inhibiting me from doing what I needed to do to build what I wanted to build. Yeah. And similar thing happened to me too, right? And even just even recently, I mean, do you think I'm happy that I lost the factory? Yeah, I didn't lose it. I sold it. You I, chose. Yeah, I chose. But I call that, it's not a failure, but it's, it, it didn't, it wasn't a six, what I call a success story. Yet, when I look at that, because you chose, mm-hmm. you had the courage and the the control mm-hmm. to say look I have to make a decision not just for me but for my family and I need to pivot and the employees too and the, but I need to pivot like mm-hmm. this is not working you had the bravery and the control the intelligence to say okay I'm on the wrong path it's time this horse died I've been kicking it and kicking it and kicking it. I can keep kicking it and I can keep going further and further and further down. Or I can walk away and find out what path I'm supposed to be on. And that takes more bravery and more dedication to you and your family than sticking with something that you weren't supposed to be doing. Right. So it's not about a failure. It's not a failure. The success is that you started it. You had it going. You still had something that was worth value to sell. Mm. Whether you lost money or didn't lose money, that doesn't matter. Mm. You built something of value. And somebody saw that value and said, look, I love this. I want this. I'm going to give you this amount for it. And I'm going to run with it. Mm. And that gave you the freedom to then go, oh, you know what? I'm going to go figure out what's next. But this time, I'm going to do it with eyes wide open. I'm not saying you didn't do it with eyes wide open last time. I'm saying, like, now you're just going to have different eyes. Yep. And ears wide open, too. Okay, so what does that mean? Just listening. Okay, so why did you... How, how did you not listen before compared to listening to now? Well, listening is about... It's not necessarily all, all hearing the words. It's about, like... Listening to everything that goes on around you, your environment, situations, 
be the observer, I guess. Maybe listening is not the right word. Um, observe and process. Whereas before, I would say I had a program, a vision, a path. The concept was the attachment to money or the, um, I guess, the fear of lack. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, the, 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 the average human is either navigating from regret of past or fear of future. Welcome to my world. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On both sides. <laughs> and what does that do? It keeps the brain like constantly in a thinking mode. Right. But that's noise. Thinking is noise. It's not actually thought. It's not creating the innovation. The uh, the you need to stop the thinking to be able to absorb the lessons and opportunities that are coming at you, and then be able to do, and then be able to um, create something out of that. How do you stop thinking? Well, I guess first you got to address the fears. You remove any attachment to form and outcome, mm -hmm. right? And look for what's going on, what's happening, not to me, but what's happening for me right now, and just go with that all the time. And and then plug into your intuitive powers, right? Like question not with your head, but question with your heart. Okay, you have just said like a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> I have no idea how to do that. People would be being in the mud pit and how the dirt and the, the limestone dust got under under my skin, so to speak. When we had the previous factory, it was originally, uh, we had a shop manager who was kind of running things and I was more focused on the marketing, the sales and going to get the deals. I wasn't spending a lot of time in the factory and when I did go to the factory, it didn't really bother me because I was only there for certain hours of mm -hmm. the day. You know, it was also, we also were uh, partially, we were distributing other people's products as well. So where there was multiple aspects to the business, we weren't fully focused on manufacturing. If I look back, there was probably signs about why this business was not good for me, mm -hmm. but I didn't listen to it because I was chasing the dollar. Mm -hmm. I was, my reason for being in business, my purpose was for creating wealth, for creating money. Mm -hmm. That's not why you should start a business. Okay, good point. Why should we start a business? Well, I guess for every person that's, that's, that's different. But if you're going to make, if you're going to make the pursuit of business about money or why even start to do all that work because of, to generate money, you're never really going to be successful. You're never going to hit it out of the park. You might, you might pay bills and you might have a salary you might own a job for yourself, certainly, and you can put food on the table, and you might even be able to buy a fairly decent house for yourself, but you're not going to hit it out of the park. Because people, customers, don't buy things that don't have a story to them or don't have a purpose to them. Right. I like the point where you're talking about you have to have the story because customers buy into the story. Mm -hmm. And you're looking for a new opportunity. I'm looking for a new opportunity right now? Yeah. 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 Like you're looking for a new opportunity. However that should appear. However <laughs> that should appear. But when you're looking for that new opportunity, and with the lessons that you have learned from not just the factory, but through life, 
Mm-hmm. What things are you thinking need to be in that opportunity for you to think, okay, you know what? That's what I want. That's what I don't know yet. Okay. And that's why I'm spending some time trying to understand who I am or what's my, why am I on in this world? So what's your why? What's your purpose? Yeah. And I don't have an answer for that yet. Now there's things that are coming up that are resonating with me and I'm getting, I'm getting already some intuitive feelings, but I don't have, like, I don't have a, I don't have a shape around the feeling. Okay. I don't have, I don't have a physicality or I don't have a vision around the feeling. I find that people don't have a clue about what they want. <laughs> I'm case in point, 51 years old. 46, and I'm still trying to figure it out. Hey. Right? Like, it's probably a lifelong journey. I think it's not about defining what it is you want, but the awareness, what's important, especially as you're younger, is the awareness of that you're not clear what you actually want. Yeah. And what I mean is that what you want for your higher self as opposed to for your identified self. Right. Because what you identify yourself at the age of 14 is not necessarily what's be- it's best, not who you are best for your, your higher self. Because it's your it's your soul that's developing, not your not this it's finite identity. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it takes a long time to figure that one out. When you think about being a leader, yeah, because I'm assuming you're looking for leadership. Okay. Right, because you're a leader. We talk about leader. I would say so. Yeah. Yeah, that's the number one criteria that that you know that you want. Know that I want and know that I'm good at. Okay. I don't feel like being quiet. Ah, I like that. So, what is it about being a leader that you enjoy doing? What are the tasks that you enjoy? Well, I like creating clarity. I like having, I like attempting to have vision around objectives. I like structuring. Um... What I mean by that is structuring is like all businesses are chaos to a certain degree, especially if you don't put any structure in it, they're absolute chaos. So it's, it's like, and you bring people on board, the chaos just exponentially grows. So I like defining like, what's our culture? What's our, how do we want to process the information? How do we, what's our workflow? How do we want to go from input to output? And people can't put words around I can put words around and I can get definition so I like defining things I like planning at my age I have the ability to plug into I know how to find answers mm-hmm. might not know at that very instant not know the answer but I know the answers um, and they may not always be the right answers right but I have the willingness mm-hmm. like the risk capacity to to, it's better sometimes to have an answer. Or it's better to have a calculated and defined way of how to move forward and not move forward at all. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. not doing anything, there's a consequence regardless if you do anything or not. Yeah. So at that point in time, it's the, it's the best decision I can make with the whatever information I have to be able to process that. It might not in the end be the right or the full package deal of the right answer. But I can quickly assimilate. Like, again, we go to plugging into the intuition, the gut feel that mm-hmm. comes up. And so 
I've been in too many situations throughout my life where things don't move forward. And is there a bit of frustration attached with it? Yeah. Do I have the gift to create solutions and 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 find ways of going forward? Yes. So, so you enjoy solving the problem. Yep. You enjoy making sure that everything keeps moving, that you yes. know that it goes from point A to point B, and this is how we're going to get from point A to point C. And I have no fear. I can figure out, and this is not arrogance, okay? Yeah, no, it's confidence can, and the fact that you know that you can do it. Yeah. Well, it's about telling your story and having people identify with it to ensure that, you know what, I want to know who this person is. Sometimes like you, 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 you meet someone or you hear about someone and you're like, okay, I want to know who that person is. And then you start listening to their podcast or you start reading the, their books and you start. So now you become that $5 for that person. Right. Right. So it is about building that valuable personal brand. Right. That will enable you to find your 2 million. Right. How do we build a personal brand using quality in order to get those two million people, in order to then go, okay, you know what, we're gonna do this, 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 and this, and they're gonna buy your book. And you're gonna get $5 each, on each book. And how, what do we need to do to do that? Who do we need to get you in front of? How are we gonna get you in front of those people? That's what I like to do. Right. That's what I'm really I passionate sure about. You, I sure hope you do. I am very passionate. That's why we are doing See, this. See, I wouldn't even know the first place where to start. That's why we're doing this. This right. is why I'm, you know, I'm listening to your story. We're talking about emotion and rational and trying to really define your value system and your message and go, okay, you know what? When you were in that mud pit, in fact, I want to now go and find a mud pit, put you in it with a professional photographer with you covered in flipping mud. Right. Right? Because that's your brand right now. <laughs> in my head. In my head. That doesn't mean that that's going to be your brand tomorrow. Yep. Just right now, at this moment, um, that's your brand. Because that is just an amazing place to be. Okay. It's just an amazing place for me to think, okay, you know what? You got this factory. It's going. Life, it's just hitting you. Like, with one problem after another, after another, after These are not working out. The universe is saying, dude, this was a big mistake. And here you are, standing twisty. Well, how many feet was it? Ten feet down. We need to get you swimming in slurry. <laughs> Because that is an amazing thing. Because that's where you were. And from that, you learned the lessons. The lessons from the slurry bit. Yeah. Hey, it's Shannon. So, you know, life isn't always easy. And if anyone knows what it's like to have life continue to hit you, batter you about trying to get you on the right path because you're just too stubborn to listen, that would be me. So, I but I didn't have the mindset that Stefan has. And as we continue to learn and discuss the rational and emotional uh, transitioning, trying to figure out who we are and where we're really supposed to be, I am discovering that Stefan's mindset is what keeps him out of that slurry pit and ensures that he doesn't end up in there for any length of time. And I hope that you will continue to listen to Unpeeled as this story develops so that you can learn 
how to rationalize the emotional upset when life isn't giving you what you want and to trust that there are lessons in disappointments and setbacks. The most wonderful thing about listening to people's stories and sharing them with you is the lessons that they have learned. They've gone through the slurry pits, learned their lessons, and they're sharing them with you so that you don't have to be at the bottom of that pit trying to figure out how to claw your way out because it is a mindset. And when I was in my mud pit, I can tell you at the worst, my mindset was the world's out to get me, nobody likes me, nobody wants me, and I have no value. So I really do not want that to be part of your story. And that's why I'm talking to people like Stefan who are going through transition and will be looking for work or starting a business or have started a business just to see how their thought processes are helping them to stay motivated, positive, and open to opportunities. This is Shannon Peel. Thank you so much for joining us today on Unpeeled. We want to hear from you, so log into that social media account, use the hashtag Unpeeled, and let us know your thoughts about today's podcast.